name is Justin Ross, lead pastor here at Grace, and I want to welcome those of you that are here in person, those of you that are watching online. And, uh, you know, I was, I guess you could say coached when I went to uh, Bible college in regards to public speaking that you're, you're not supposed to make fun of your audience, you know, when you begin a talk. And I was thinking about saying, hey, you look like you lost an hour of sleep this morning, but I'm not going to say that, okay? I'm not going to start out that way. I'm not going to make fun of my audience. By the way, you look amazing this morning, all right? You look awesome, and uh, it's so great to have you. And I do feel a little bit like I lost an hour of sleep, but it's going to be um, good to uh, just get the message across to you that God has given me this morning. I'm excited about it. We are continuing our series called Vantage Point. And before we dive into that, I just want to quickly remind us that we are three weeks away from Easter weekend. Like, the year is moving fast. Three weeks away from Easter weekend. we got a lot going on Easter weekend, and so I just want to encourage you to be praying for that weekend. It's always such a powerful time to present the gospel to, man, people who normally wouldn't attend church, and it's a great opportunity to share the gospel with them. We're going to have a Good Friday service, and then we're going to have three services, one on Saturday and two on Easter Sunday, and so want to encourage you to be praying for that. Also think about people that you would love to invite to come with you that Easter weekend. So once again, we're in uh, week two of our series called Vantage Point. And what we're doing throughout this series is we're looking at the cross from the perspectives of people who were there. And last week we looked through the perspective of Mary Magdalene. And uh, today we're going to look at the cross from the eyes of a man named Simon. He was actually referred to as Simon of Cyrene, and there's only three scriptural references given to this man named Simon, and, uh, uh, but I, I think it's one of the most famous and memorable accounts in the story of Christ's cru- crucifixion. When I read these verses to you, you will go, oh yeah, I remember uh, Simon, I remember who he was, and so let's look at these three references now. In Matthew chapter 27, in verse 32, it says, Along the way, they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene. Now, Cyrene was a city in northern Africa, and so Simon was an African man. Uh, It says they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. He's also found in Mark chapter 15 and verse 21, it says a passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And then in Luke chapter 23 and verse 26, it says, And they led Jesus away, and as they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it, behind Jesus. So here's what we know. As we look at the cross from from the eyes of Simon, here's what we know. Simon was a real historical person, and he was there at a real historical event. You see, the reality is, is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is not debated. People don't debate whether or not Jesus died. It's a historical event. People don't debate whether or not Jesus was buried But where people tend to part ways is we believe that after three days of being buried, Jesus rose again, conquering death, hell, Satan, and the grave. And there are people who do not believe that Jesus came back to life. 
So Simon was a real historical person, and he was there at a real historical moment. We also know that he was a foreigner. He was an African who served Jesus in his final hour. So what I want to do this morning through the eyes of Simon is I want to give you a couple suggestions. And I I call them suggestions on purpose because that's really what they are. There isn't much said about Simon. There's only three verses given to the story of Simon. And so we're kind of left to speculate. We're kind of left to imagine what happened. And so I want to give you three suggestions this morning through the eyes of Simon. And my first suggestion is this. You cannot fulfill your destiny alone. You cannot fulfill your destiny alone. Jesus, the one we are supposed to emulate, the one we're supposed to follow, set a very powerful example for us to follow in this story. Jesus, the Son of God. Yes, even Jesus needed help to fulfill his destiny. Even Jesus needed help in his time of suffering. Jesus needed assistance in in this moment of suffering that he was going through. And you might ask yourself, you might say, gosh, could, could Jesus have carried the cross by himself? I mean, sure, he could have snapped his fingers. He could have called angels from heaven. They could have picked up the cross and, and carried it the rest of the way for him. But in his humanity, Jesus was teaching us something. When the burden gets too heavy to carry alone, we need others to help us carry it. Okay, let me say that again. When the burden gets too heavy for us to carry alone, we need others to help us carry that burden. You know, so often, unfortunately, I have seen people, and really, I've lost count. I have seen people broken by the weight of a burden because they were too prideful to ask for help. They were too prideful to even receive help. They wanted to do it all on their own. And let me just remind us, there's there's no such thing as a lone ranger in Christianity. Like, we need each other. We need one another. Jesus modeled that for us. He needed assistance in his time of suffering. And remember, the destiny that Jesus came to fulfill was to die on a cross to pay the penalty for our brokenness, to pay the penalty for our sin. And Jesus was on the home stretch in the fulfillment of that destiny. And it was in those final moments that the burden of the cross could have been too much for him to bear. He came, the whole reason he came to earth was to die for our sins and our brokenness. That moment could have been too much for Christ to bear, but in that moment, Simon of Cyrene, an African man, was called out from the crowd to carry the cross the rest of the way. It was just the support that Jesus needed. It was just what he needed in that moment to finish what he came to do, to finish his destiny. You see, Simon carrying Jesus' cross is a great reminder of the humility of God. Like if you could just picture this with me for a moment, just imagine this. Jesus allowed a man that he created to help him carry his cross. You know know the strange, discomforting, beautiful, mysterious thing about God is sometimes he chooses not to act like it. 
It's, it's fascinating to me. It's amazing to me. Like, what kind of a God accepts help from his own creation? It's amazing to me. But he was modeling something to you and I. He was teaching us something. That when your burden gets too heavy for you to carry, you need someone to help you carry it. Second suggestion that I'd like to give us this morning is Simon carrying the cross of Jesus is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus Christ. Okay, Luke is the only uh, recorded gospel account that says Simon carried the cross behind Jesus. All the other gospels mention this, uh, mention this, that mention this story just say that he carried it. But Luke recorded in detail he carried it behind Jesus. Like, why, why would he go to such lengths? Why would he record this detail? Maybe it was because he wanted us to remember something that we find in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, where he said, And then Jesus said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Like, Jesus was teaching a crowd of people And he says, if you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way. You must pick up your cross and follow me. And then at the moment of his crucifixion, it was visibly painted for us. Simon picked up his cross and followed Jesus Christ. Luke was reminding us of what it means and what it looks like to follow Jesus Christ. You know, that's when it comes when it comes to following Jesus or when it comes to becoming a, a Christ follower or a Christian, I don't want to paint a picture that, man, if you become a follower of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden your life is just going to be like a bed of roses, you know, and it's going to be a magical experience and it's going to, everything's going to be good. No, it's actually going to be come and die. It's actually going to be pick up your cross and follow Jesus Christ. That's the picture of discipleship. And in Jesus' day, a cross wasn't just a symbol of pain and suffering. It was actually a symbol of death. When people saw a cross in Jesus' day, it was, they knew that's where people die. I know people, uh, celebrities, and, and, and you and I alike, a lot of people wear crosses these days, and it's kind of a, kind of a status symbol now. But in Jesus' day, it represented death. When Jesus said, pick up your cross daily, he's saying that we need to put to death our own plans, our own desires, and turn our lives over to him and his will every day. You see, Jesus doesn't just simply call us to believe that he existed or even to believe that that he can save us. That's uh, That's not only what he's calling us to. He's calling us to commit our whole lives to him and to trust Him alone for salvation, and then to follow Him as His disciples. Jesus said in Luke 14, 27, He said, Anyone who does not carry His cross and follow Me cannot be My disciple. It's kind of some hard language, isn't it? It's hard. It's not really like trying to talk someone in or convert someone in to Christianity. It's actually saying, you better think twice before you decide to follow Jesus. Because it's probably going to be a difficult path. It may be a hard road. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I want to ask us this morning, is, is Christ the master of your life? 
Like, do you submit all things to Christ? Have you put to death your own plans and committed yourself to His will for your life? Honestly, I've been personally a little conflicted as I've been writing this sermon because sometimes I'll think, man, does that mean I I can't dream anymore? Does that mean, like, I, I can't have my own plans and my own thoughts and my own desires? No, what Christ is saying is you need to submit those plans. You need to submit those desires, those dreams at the feet of Jesus. And if he makes changes to them, if he, if he says, hey, I want you to go this way. I know you were wanting to go that way, but I'm, I, I want something different for you. Man, now you're at this moment where do you submit to Christ or do you continue to do what you wanted to do? I'm encouraging us to submit all things to Christ because I don't think there's any greater joy in life than following Christ every day. That's where you're going to find true peace. That's where you're going to find true contentment. That's where you're going to find true fulfillment. So Simon was following behind Jesus with the cross, and it's a beautiful picture of discipleship. Listen, Christ has gone before us, and we follow in his footsteps, bearing the cross behind him. And lastly, I, I want to give the suggestion that Simon carrying the cross of Jesus is a reminder that sometimes serving Jesus isn't very glamorous. Sometimes serving doesn't look exactly maybe what we think it should look like. Mark tells us that Simon traveled up from the countryside with his two boys, Alexander and Rufus. We're not told how old Alexander and Rufus were. I don't know if they were just little boys or if they were teenagers or if they were grown men by this time. But when he traveled into the city, the crucifixion of Jesus was happening. He was in the crowd as Jesus was making his way up the pathway with the cross on his shoulder. And Simon has his two boys with him. And for me, I like to think that they were maybe a little bit younger, all right? I don't know if they were, but that's what I imagine. But he sees Jesus coming up this pathway. And I think Simon had no idea. You know, when he was traveling up from the countryside, he had no idea that very soon he was going to be carrying the cross of the Son of God. He didn't know that was going to happen that day. And I think if you were to ask Simon, like, hey, Simon, um, you're going to serve Jesus today. Like, what do you think you're going to do if you're going to serve Jesus today? Like, what comes to your mind when, if someone were to ask you, you're going to serve Jesus? What comes to your mind? What do you think about? I think Simon would have probably answered, well, um, maybe Jesus is going to need my help in healing someone today. Like, that's going to be cool. Um, you know, maybe we're going to get to feed a bunch of people. Um, maybe I get to help him perform a couple of miracles. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll even let me walk on water. You know, that would be awesome. Like, that's what I'm going to do to serve Jesus. But it ended up being none of those things. Instead, serving Jesus looked like carrying a cross covered in blood. That was the picture that's being painted for us of service, of discipleship. You see, serving can often look like something that we didn't expect it to look like. It's not very glamorous. 
Sometimes the deepest and best service gets no recognition. Sometimes nobody notices. But God does. God sees it, and he knows. Sometimes serving can look like faithfully walking beside someone through years of grief and pain. It's just like day in and day out, a phone call or a text or just showing up with some flowers or just providing a meal. And it's just consistent service. It's not very glamorous. You know, this type of service is the ministry that cuts into your personal time. It it doesn't have visible reward. Sometimes there's not a lot of benefits that come with it. This type of service is the faithful, quiet service of driving someone, you know, to go get their groceries or taking them to and from church on a weekly basis, knowing that they may never repay you, knowing that they may not even offer to buy you a, a tank of gas, you know. But you're just faithful in in ministering to this person. This type of service may look like opening up your home to someone that needs a place to stay, putting fresh sheets on your bed and making a warm supper for someone that needs a place to stay. It's, It's cleaning the toilets or spending time talking to the person at church that everyone else avoids. It may be devoting yourself to the care of a family member or a friend who just seems to be going through one season of hardship after another. You know, it's the ministry that we think is hard. It's the ministry that we, we don't want to be bothered with or we struggle to do joyfully. You know, sometimes serving Jesus can actually be discouraging. It can be hard. It can be painful. It can feel unrewarding. It can be frustrating because we had a more glamorous idea in mind of what it should look like. You see, serving Jesus demands that we die to ourselves. And that is hard to do. It's not an easy thing. Listen, there are so many ways that God uses us to change people's eternities. And not all of them involve preaching. Not all of them involve paid ministry roles. Not all of them involve theological study or travel overseas. Sometimes the, the best ministry is simply doing life one step at a time with another person. It's just walking with them, journeying with them, loving them, ministering to them, serving them. And by the way, There was nothing glamorous about hanging naked on a cross. Nothing whatsoever. But it was the kind of service that the King of Kings modeled to save sinners like you and I. You see, serving isn't about you. It's not about the thank yous. It's not about the cheers from the crowd or the recognition Serving is actually for the person beside you. Serving is for the benefit of others, and it's for the glory of God. But I know it it, it can be discouraging, and it can be hard sometimes. And the Apostle Paul said this in Galatians 6, 9. He said, 
So let's not get tired of doing good. Like I've, I've talked to a lot of people in this season that we're in as a country too where people are just um, depleted and worn out and tired and man, they're, they're feeling exhausted by the divisions and, and, and the pandemic and, and the political tension and, and just the things that we're facing and they're feeling kind of just exhausted. And I think the Apostle Paul would say, hey, don't get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I want to I I read an excerpt from a message that I preached here at Grace back on January 10th of this year. And just to kind of set it up for you, I, uh, I really felt like the Lord was leading me to challenge the church to, to even to push you a little bit. Because I was seeing some things that I considered to be unhealthy that I saw in the culture of our church. And when I read this to you, I, I want you to answer the question especially those of you that are a part of Grace Church, you call Grace Church your home. My question would be, are we progressing or are we going backwards? All right, so that's the question I want you to think about when I read this to you. And by the way, it may be a little uncomfortable for you, but it's okay, you'll, you'll survive. Here's from a message on January 10th. There's something that concerns me within the culture of Grace Church. I am thrilled to pastor Grace Church, and I brag on you all the time regarding your generosity. By the way, you are an incredibly generous church. I've honestly lost count of how many people the Hope Offering has helped this year. I mean, it is, it's amazing. But unfortunately... I don't think we have a servant-minded culture here at Grace. We are super generous. We are very kind. But a lot of people have stepped away from the hard work of service and ministry. Let's be honest. It's hard to roll up your sleeves and to get your hands dirty. But the only way our church is going to impact this region with the gospel of Jesus is if people say yes. Yes to serving on the stewardship team. Yes to hosting a small group. Yes to leading a squad for Grace Student Ministries. Yes to serving in G-Kids. The only way this region is going to be transformed with the gospel is if an army of Christ followers rise up with a serving heart and a serving mindset and say yes to doing whatever is necessary short of sin to reach those who are far from Jesus. Church, We cannot just serve when it's convenient or when it fits our schedule. I not only want to brag on the kindness and the generosity of Grace Church, but also on how the people of Grace Church sacrifice and serve. Others may be calling you to comfort and convenience. I'm calling you to pick up your cross. So my question is, That was back in January. We're in March. 
Are we moving forward with a servant's mindset and a servant's heart? Or are we going backwards? Like, imagine with me for just a moment if Simon, in that moment, when he was presented the opportunity to carry the cross of Jesus, imagine if Simon would have said, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like, I just got this nice shirt, and I'm going to get blood on my shirt. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to carry that cross. Like, that's beneath me. That's for, like, lower-level Christians. Like, I'm not doing that. And by the way, I got my two boys with me. I mean, who's going to watch over my two boys? Like, what are they supposed to do while I'm carrying this cross, you know? And hey, by the way, I made some plans for after the crucifixion, and then I got to keep those plans. I'm not doing it. And we've, we've talked a lot about reaching and impacting this region. And by the way, there is a real heaven and there is a real hell and people are going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. So we're not playing games here. Are we willing to do what it takes to impact this region? Are you willing to pick up a bloodied cross in service to your king. You know, it's that kind of service. It's the kind of service where there's no strings attached. You don't get any benefit or return. Uh, you don't make any money out of it. You, you just give freely and you serve freely. It's that kind of service that people take notice of. And they either ask, like, what do you have because I want that, or what the heck is wrong with you, okay? They ask one of those two questions. But it's that kind of service that people's eyes are, they, they, they become wide because they don't see that every day. That's not what the world provides. The world doesn't serve like that. They want something in return. I'll serve you, but you got to tip me. I'll serve you, but there's got to be something in it for me. I'll serve you, but there's strings attached. But Christ is calling us to a different kind of service where we serve freely, we give freely. That kind of service proves the authenticity of our faith. It proves that it's real. Listen, anyone can say they follow Jesus. But what are you, what are we going to do when it's time to pick up the cross? In that moment when it's like, okay, bang, it just got real. And this doesn't feel good. It's not fun. You know, I don't see any benefit for me. It actually kind of looks and feels like a cross. That, that's going to be the deciding moment. Is your faith real? Or are you just playing church? Are we willing to do what it takes to impact this region? And I hope so. I really do. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I got much better things I could do with my time. I don't know about you. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, thank you for this challenge from Simon. Man, it's, it's, it's a hard it's a hard truth. It's, it's, not, 
easy. It's not even fun to talk about picking up a bloody cross. But that's the kind of service that we all need to strive for. God, I just pray that through your spirit, you would take the words that I've tried to put together on some paper and tried to communicate, and you would take those words and you would do something special in the hearts and minds of your people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just remind us that we're not playing a game here when it comes to reaching people. That we need to have a heart for those who are far from Jesus. We need to have a heart for the lost. and Lord, we need to be doing everything in our power to reach those who are far from you. God, I just want to thank you for the example of Simon and his willingness to pick up that cross and to to show us the picture of what discipleship, of what following Jesus looks like. I pray that you would help us to follow that example. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.